Hey, you made it. There are so many things going on in the world today. You need to celebrate the fact that you took a moment to stop and listen to the word of God through this Heavenly Vision podcast. I'm sure God's going to speak to you in a way that will bless you. So let's get into it. Galatians chapter 5 verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Once again, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This is part two of Standard of Living. I want to publicly appreciate uh, Pastor Kena Petaway for the excellent job he did last week starting us in this regard. Uh, I have been checking my heart ever since. <laughs> uh, I, I think I didn't had three heart surgeries since last Sunday. <laughs> How many you didn't had? How many? <laughs> anybody else didn't had some heart surgeries? I hired I hired two more guards uh, for, for my heart. Amen. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to hire covered uh, <laughs> protection services to, uh, to to guard a couple of other spaces of my heart. Uh, so we're gonna move forward into the living, the living. Uh, let's 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 recite this scripture one more time. Put it on the screen for everybody one more time. Uh, look, we're gonna read it together on the count of three. One, two, three. If we live by the Spirit. Let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Amen. One more time, just because we need to corporately read the Word of God together at least once a week. Ready? Begin. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. The living that the Apostle Paul speaks of here in the Greek is the word zao. Z-A-O. Zao. It, it, it literally speaks of a coming alive in a transcendent manner. It speaks of a whole new standard of living, uh, particularly as it is characterized by the resurrected life or the life that we receive through Jesus Christ. It speaks of, watch this, a life without sin. It speaks of a life without sin. It speaks of a life that, uh, that is subjugated sin in our living. Now, let, let, me, let me speak to this and make it, make it very clear. Sin is no longer an authority in your life. Sin is no longer an authority in your life. When we are saved by Jesus Christ, when we are saved by Jesus Christ and we come into personal relationship with Jesus Christ, sin is no longer a prisoner. Or we are no longer, rather, a prisoner of sin. Let me say this again. When we are given new life through Jesus Christ, and we are, if, if we uh, uh, go through the resurrected life of Jesus Christ, we accept him as our Lord and Savior, he gives us new life, we no longer become prisoners of sin. Now, here's the hard part. Because we are so... affiliated with it, I'll say it like that. Because we are so affiliated with sin... We go from being sin's prisoner to being sin's partner. See, there's some people and there's some things that we have a part of us so long to where we become so used to it that we can't have life without it. So here's, here's the reality for the regenerated believer. The regenerated believer, 
You don't even have to sin like you used to. I know this is hard preaching here. Because many of us have said, you know, we all sinners saved by grace and, and it, it just is what it is. But the reality is, is that you don't have to sin like you used to. This is why the Apostle Paul said that we have to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. Because some of us, it's not a, here we go, it's not a heart issue, but it now is a mind issue. The Bible says, whatsoever man thinketh, that's what he is. So if you think you good, you good. But if you think you need it, you get it. So, so the apostle is literally teaching us that, that when he says that, that, we, are, that we have a, the, the ability to subjugate sin in our lives, that we can tell sin no. We can literally get to the place where we tell hell no. Did you just catch what I said? Okay. Because hell is forcefully advancing on your life on a daily basis. Hell wants to get in your family. Hell wants to get in your marriage. Hell wants to get in your children. Hell wants to get in your own mind. Hell wants to get in your heart. But I believe I got a few people in here that know the power of Jesus Christ and the power of the resurrection that's in them that you will stand up flat-footed and say, Hell, no. I've determined in my life to be happy today. I'm determined in my life to be motivated today. I'm not going to walk around defeated because sin is no longer my God. God is my God. I, I, I can tell hell no. And so it means that I live now, listen to this, I live supernaturally. I live supernaturally. I live in, in, the, in the space whereby I no longer have to walk in a mundane existence, but I can literally see miracles happen in my life on a consistent basis. Do I have any people in here that are deciding to live a miraculous life? Do I have any people in here that are deciding that I'm going to do, I, 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 love, I love how Monica de de declares so boldly that she is going to be a black girl that's going to go into that, into that engineering field and, and, and want to change the dynamic. Now, here's the reality. Because of God who is in her, whatever she speaks out of her mouth is going to be manifested through her life as it aligns with his will. And you can do the same thing if you begin to realize that greater is he, my God, that is in you than he. Do I have any Bible readers in this room then he that is in the word you got to believe in your heart that if God told me I can do it I don't care who says I can't I don't care who says I won't I made up in my mind it's already done you got to live supernaturally touch your neighbor say live supernaturally live supernaturally live 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 every day as if as if you're gonna wake up and see a miracle wake up on Monday hallelujah and when I get to Monday I'm going to live supernaturally and I'm going to believe God that the miracle that I'm in need of the miracle that you're in need of I'm gonna believe God that while I'm praying on this side whatever you need on that side that because I'm praying in faith that he gonna catch one of my brothers he gonna catch one of my sisters and he gonna do something miraculous for them is there anybody in here that says my prayers reach heaven and if I pray for you I declare that the prayers of the righteous availeth I didn't come to pray with you I came to preach to you and to tell you that you don't have to live defeated you don't have to live mundane all you have to do is walk according to miracle see when you start talking in authority everything start responding
I'm declaring a grace of authority in your voice. That as you begin to speak those things that be not as though they are already, the, watch this, the, the reality of miracles begin to come in the reality of the world. I'm that way now. But it ain't going to be always. This may be where I am presently. But it's not always. You see, Jesus' tomb was borrowed and so is yours. I, I, that ain't even in my notes, but I did it to tell, my God, I, you just encourage somebody quickly. I'm moving, I'm moving. Tell somebody, Jesus' tomb was borrowed, and so is yours. Y'all don't, y'all ain't preaching yet. I guess, you know, we got to go through school and ministry again. So that means whatever's trying to bury you, or whatever you feel buried in right now, you better understand that there's a date of expiration every grave that the enemy has tried to get to there's a date of expiration
Now this is an interesting dynamic because Paul begins to present to us the reality that it is quite possible that we can live in a spirit that we don't keep in step with. I ain't going to hang here long because I didn't took up my time. It is quite possible to have the spirit of God in you but not live according to it. Some of us are saved and don't even know it. Some of us are changed and don't even know it. Some of us have a brand new life in us and don't even know it. But watch this, Keenan. We, we hear this in the scripture. This is why Isaiah says, behold, I do a new thing. But then he says, can you perceive it? Some of us are still crying over, over, over failed relationships, but God is saying, I already got you healing. Can, okay, I'm going I'm to move. I'm move, but I feel the spirit tugging on my heart. Listen, listen, here it is. Anything that human beings can do to you on the other side of Calvary, you have to believe because of the divine nature of God, he's already built into you healing for that. I'm going to dig into that just for a second. I, I, I ain't going to parallel park. I'm going to just double park right here. Put the blinkers on. Come on. Here, listen to this. If you got the ability to hurt me, God got the ability to give me healing before you even think about hurting me. Because he knew the end before the beginning. And so whatever you can do to me, God can already give me healing for so that I can get through and do what he called me to do. You're not important enough to stop me from doing the destiny God called me to do. And so you. Okay, okay, okay. Listen, listen. There is no power that can override the life of a believer. Ah, Paul says neither death nor life nor angels nor things present nor things to come. Nothing will be able to separate us. Listen to this from the love of God. And if I'm not separated from his love, I can't be separated from his power because they're inextricably connected. And so if that cannot happen, then you got to know that there is no reason why you as a believer should live contrary to the spirit that resides in you. That's like, okay, okay, here it is. This is the best way I can do it. That, that's like God giving you, everybody just in your mind right now, because I know some of y'all be on Red Fin, truly, a, you know what I mean, a, a realtor. Uh, uh, think, of, think of your dream house. Think of your dream house, whatever that house is. If it's, if, if it's on the coast in PV, you know what I mean? If it's, if it's that loft in downtown LA, you know, wherever, wherever, you, wherever you are in the middle. Uh, some, some of y'all want, want, want that, that ranch in the country, whatever it is. Think of, think of, think of that place. 
Now imagine God giving you the keys to that place. Codes, because it's a smart house too. You know, you can you can put in your code and everything. And, and, and he gave you all of that stuff and you and you say, thank you, God. And you take it and you and you put the code in or the key in and you walk through the house and you see it and you say, oh, this is awesome. This is so amazing. And then you go through the back door and start sleeping on the grass in the backyard. That's what really some of us do when we become believers. We bypass all of the grace that's in the house. And we go to the backyard and say stuff like, well, I, I, I'm going to heaven when I die. God that gave you a whole house of grace to live in. And you didn't go clear through the grace and live it in the backyard, struggling in this life, just waiting with the hope to go to heaven. If the salvation of Jesus Christ only got you into heaven, it was not worth it. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more. But now, Jesus ain't waiting for you to get to heaven to bless you. He says, I got blessings with your name on it right now. But you can't get it unless you live in my spirit. So this is why Paul had to say, hey, wait a minute. You got to stay in step with the spirit that you got. You cannot, you cannot allow the Holy Spirit uh, 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 to be adjacent to your experience. Come on. Okay, okay, okay. Here, here it is. Here, here's the quick, quick litmus test. I'm going to leave you alone. But the quick litmus test to know if you are living adjacent to the Holy Spirit is if you have to ask God to come into what you're doing. I'm not talking about sinners. I'm talking about believers. The litmus test of knowing whether you're living in the spirit or not is if you're going through the process or the flow of your life and you have to pray a prayer such as like this, God, please come into this. Come into this and change this, change that. Not to say that he won't, but it is to say that you need to ask yourself, how was I living to get to the place that I'm in something that God is not already in? Here's another litmus test. Here's another litmus test. Lord, please get me out of this. Not to say that he can't, but one would have to ask themselves as a believer, what was I doing in my life to have the Holy Spirit in my life and still be susceptible to be in a situation that I need him to get me out of? So how do we keep in step with the Holy Spirit? I'm going to do this in a few moments and I'm going to let you go. The first thing that you need to do is let the Spirit guide your direction. Let the Spirit guide your direction. What does Proverbs chapter 3 verse 6 say? David, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Right? Uh, the only way the Holy Spirit will go with us is if the Holy Spirit directs the course. The Holy Spirit not going, he, he, the Holy Spirit is not going to join you on your journey. It, he has to set the course. He has to be the navigator. And this is why so many times as believers, we have to readjust our lives. Because we, we got the Spirit and now we said, okay, Spirit, put your seatbelt on. We're getting ready to go, okay? 
And then we find ourselves in a place that he never dictated for us to go. And here's how Holy Spirit works. If I didn't tell you to go here, I ain't got to empower you in it. And so how do I keep in step with the Spirit? I let him guide my direction. I let him set the course of my direction. Holy Spirit, this is what I want to do, but what do you say? Come on, can I, talk, can I talk real for a minute? Can we talk real Bible? Real Bible. Jesus wasn't thinking about no Calvary. Oh, y'all don't read your Bibles clearly. In a garden named Gethsemane, he was like, all right, daddy. Uh, listen, um, so I'm not feeling this whole Calvary thing. Uh, give, give me another route. Can we recalculate this? Can, we, can you give me another route so that I can go that direction? He had to pray. He had to pray out of that thing three times. And I need to pause parenthetically and say this. Some of our prayers need to be prayers of purification. Some, some of our prayers need to be prayers that we're praying ourselves out of our own will. Some of our prayers shouldn't be asking God for anything. Some of our prayers should be, God, take this thought away from me. Take this desire away from me. Take this will. I still taste it in my mouth, God. I still want it, God. I still want to go. I, I'm not, I, don't, I still feel it, God. Please help me. I'm still liking their post. Please help me. I'm still going in their direction. Please help me. I'm still passing their house on the way home. Please help me. I still feel that way. Help me. So finally, he says, nevertheless, because see, can I help some of you? Some of us will be closer to our destiny the closer we get to our nevertheless. Some of us, God will punish us. Here it is. Or prepare us, because see, punishment and preparation almost feel the same sometimes. Sometimes he will allow us to go through these things to render us down to our nevertheless state. See, some of us, are you too, your will too strong. You got too much strength. You got too much power. You got too much money. You got too much affluence. And so some of us, he got to render us down in pits. He got to render us down in depression. He got to render us down in defeat so we can get to the place to where we say God nevertheless you wonder why they tripping they tripping on purpose they tripping to help you stop tripping they tripping to remind you that they not your source but God is let the spirit guide your direction because if the spirit guides our direction we're always where we're supposed to be I'm leaving there. You, when the spirit guides your direction, you never have to worry about if you're where you're supposed to be. Some of us get mad because there, there is issue where we're supposed to be. But if you are where you're supposed to be and the issue is there, then the issue is appointed. The struggle is appointed struggle. And I, I welcome appointed struggle because if a, a struggle has been appointed to me, then that means there's a success attached to the struggle. But I can't see the success unless I navigate through the struggle. And the only way I can properly navigate through the struggle is to say, Holy Spirit, you know this struggle better than I do. So navigate me through this struggle so that I can reach the destination of success. Don't get into the struggle. Then like, you know, let me talk to somebody. What, what, so we have to, number one, 
we have to we have to make sure that 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 we are letting the spirit guide our direction number two we have to submit to the spirit in decision submit to the spirit in decision Proverbs 16.33 says, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. In other words, you can, you can do all the reasonable deduction that you desire. Make your pros and cons. Make your list. Do, do, do all of your fact finding. You know, ask all the questions. Do all the research that you need to do. But if you're really walking according to the spirit, ultimately you'll say, spirit, now I didn't did a lot of research. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't learn all these options. I know it, I know, I know it backwards and forwards, night and day. But uh, what do you want me to do? Because see, some of us, we trust in our research. We trust in our information. Can I, can I help somebody quickly? We make decisions based off information. While the Holy Spirit makes decisions based on eternity. You, be, you make your decision. I make my decisions. We make our decisions based on what we know now. The Holy Spirit makes decisions based on what will forever be. Did it ever occur to you that how people feel about you now could possibly change? I was, I, was, I, was in this, I was in this conversation earlier this week, and, and, and Bishop Walter Scott Thomas, he looked at us at this table. It was just, just some millennials and 30-somethings around the table. And he said, listen to me, young man. He said, a lot of y'all are great, successful. Y'all got successful ministries, and y'all doing great. And some of y'all are earning a lot of money. Some of y'all are doing some great things. He said, but don't get so wrapped up in what now pays that you don't think about how much the future costs. He said, don't get so wrapped up in what now pays that you don't consider how much the future costs. Because see, some of us, we're basing our decisions on the now. We're basing our decisions on how they respond to us now. We're basing our decisions on how they look at us now. But the reality is that some things can change. So I'm not going to simply marry you because you kiss me good. Because your lips could get brittle and old. Y'all talk to me. I'm not, listen, y'all pray for me. I told my wife in Target last night at 12 o'clock, I said, listen, you still walk good. I was just, you, you know, come on, okay, I'm sorry. All right. You, know, you ever just like stand behind her, just let her walk for a little while? Just like, okay, okay. Walk still good. But watch this. I, I, I'm bracing myself for the season where that walk. Brace yourself, Rodney. I know she's cute and young right now. But that walk, may, that walk may change. And you got to make your decisions based on eternity. And if you don't have eternity knowledge now, then you have to acquiesce to the one who does. Holy Spirit, she bomb right now. But can you give me a revelation of 40 plus years? Revelation, a Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, he is balling out of control right now. But can you give me revelation to what's going to happen if he break his leg and he lose his contract and things change? 
I need my decisions to be based on eternity. And since I can't see that far, I got to trust the one who does. And if he says something to me, watch this, that contradicts how I feel, I will yield to what the Holy Spirit says. I really want to, but my destiny says no. Out of your way. Number three, and I'm done. Detach yourself from anything that grieves the Spirit of God. Help me, Holy Ghost, in this room. We're talking about the standard of living. Now we're talking about we're going to live. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm, in, I'm out here trying to live my best life. Not like little Duvall. I'm trying to live like, like for Jesus. I want to wake up in the morning hopeful. I don't want to wake up in the morning full of dread. Oh, let me, I, I got to hit this, Karen. Anytime you wake up in the morning, and you are immediately rushed with dread, rushed with defeat, rushed with worry, concern, anxiety. That is a sure indication that you are not living, sleeping, or woke in the spirit. Because the Bible says he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. That's why you got to keep the word on your nightstand. You got to read the word before you go to sleep because if you don't, that will be the whatever drama you did before you got in the bed, that will be what germinates in your spirit and your subconscious all night. And that's why you'll wake up ready to go back to sleep. Listen, we could have just had a knockdown drag out. Where my Bible at? For God shall supply. Oh, my knee. Okay, hallelujah. That's what I'm going to sleep on. There. I'm going to sleep on that. So it was for freedom that Christ set you free. So be not entangled again with the bondage. Okay, amen. That's what I'm going to go to sleep on. Here's what Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 says. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Listen to this. When our lifestyle grieves the Holy Spirit, we deny his lordship and assistance. I was wrestling with this, and I was sharing this with my wife in the car uh, last night on the way home. I said, many times, what we're, what we're wrestling with is, watch this, that we grieve the Holy Spirit for the purpose of not grieving people we can see. So I'll piss off the Holy Ghost because I can't see him for the sake of not pissing you off that I do see. But I believe that God is raising up some mature people in this room that says you can hate me if you want to. But what I'm not about to do is make the Holy Ghost mad. We can have knockdown dragouts every day until you decide to hear God for yourself. But I am not going to delay my blessing, the lordship of God, nor his provision in my life just to keep in step with you. I'd rather be out of relationship with every one of y'all and be in good relationship with God. Not to say that that's reality because if you walking in the spirit then we gonna meet on the way but I cannot allow myself to get out of relationship with the Holy Ghost just so you and us can be booed up he 
says, don't grieve. Don't bring the Holy Spirit sorrow. Because when you bring the Holy Spirit sorrow, the Holy Spirit will begin to make you feel as if he ain't there. And then all of these thoughts, feelings, and emotions that have, uh, watch this, here it is, here it is. Uh, it, whatever feelings, thoughts, and emotions rush you all of a sudden, you got to know that those things have been bombarding upon you the whole time. But the only thing that changes is that we get out of protection of the Holy Ghost. And so now there's no barrier to stop all of these thoughts, feelings, and emotions that rush toward us. But we have made up in our minds that we are going to live according to the Holy Spirit and we are going to do what he has said and he is going to put his lordship and his assistance around us so that we are good. So when we detach and yield, we will see the power and grace of the Holy Spirit. I close with this reality. Figure out. Whatever is in your life that contradicts the presence of the Holy Spirit and get rid of it. But it's my family, so what? But you don't know how long we've been together. I don't care. And, and I, mean this, I mean this with all sincerity. What does it profit you? To have the greatest relationships on earth, but not be able to talk to your sovereign father with the assurance that he hears you. Ooh, I'm about to pray. No longer, thank you God, no longer are you, in, you who are in this room, you're in the sound of my voice, you know who I'm talking to. No longer are you going to pray with the uncertainty of whether or not God actually hears you because of where you are. I'm praying now, we are praying now that we will begin to keep in step with the Holy Spirit so that he will lead, guide, and direct us according to his will for our life. So since we live in the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Father, I lift up to you your sons and your daughters. And I pray now in the name of Jesus that if there be anyone in this room that has been redeemed by your spirit, but for one reason or another has yet to keep in step with your spirit, that that space will be rectified right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, right now, right now, right now in the name of Jesus. God, begin to rearrange our steps begin to rearrange our walking pattern begin to rearrange our direction so Holy Spirit guide our direction Holy Spirit lead us in our decisions we decry and denounce everything in our life that grieves you. Every relationship, every paradigm, every mindset, every, every practice, every activity, every habit, every propensity, every proclivity, we denounce it all. We decry it all in the name of Jesus. And we ask that you would 
give us the grace to stay in step with the Spirit so that we will see the miraculous life that you've called us to. Now, if you're in this room and you know you need to connect with Jesus Christ and give your life to him and become a part of his body, pray this prayer with me aloud. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner, but I also acknowledge that you are a savior. I give you my life so you can save my life and give me new life. I accept it in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you were blessed by that word. Now, as you go back to doing whatever you need to do, remember this, God loves you and we love you too. Let's stay connected. Visit us at hvcla.com.